and I just wanted to go out there and, and compete, uh, lead these guys. Um, I almost gave it away there in the fourth quarter, um, but our defense, like I said previously, had a tremendous stop on uh, third and four on the four uh, to get them down the one-yard line. Um, so I just wanted to go out there today and just have fun. You play well when you're having fun, and that was the biggest thing. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Thanks for joining us once again. Gold Faithful 49ers radio show brought to you by DynastySportsEmpire.com. Whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, DynastySportsEmpire.com has you covered. Fantasy leagues, content, rankings, projections, and more. College basketball league starting up now. Visit them online at DynastySportsEmpire.com. I am Brian Peacock. You can find me at BD Peacock on Twitter. My co-host here, Nick Winkler. You can find him at Bay Area Wink on Twitter. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. <laughs> or you can find him on The Price is Right. That's right. Hey, it finally aired. I filmed it three months ago. Finally aired uh, on Tuesday morning. Yeah, a lot of fun. Well done, man. Thank you. That was awesome. I, I'm going to talk a lot more about this okay. appearance later. We're going to talk about some 49ers first. But yeah. Right, it's not your first go-around on a game show either. No, I correct? was on the Wheel of Fortune back in 2000. <laughs> you can find that on YouTube. Yeah. It's amazing. I love me some game shows. You have a gift. I'm for... not very good at the games, though. But, but getting <laughs> selected is like, that's the battle, yeah, right? That, that's that's the key. Okay, you know, right, you well, can win some some nonsense. I don't want to give away. if you no, no spoilers on this show if you want to go watch it. It is on my timeline. It's on your timeline as well. That's right. CBS.com already has it up there. So you can watch this old. It's the uh, November 10th episode. Episode 37 of right. season 44. I saw that. Season 44. Uh, that's real. nuts. Drew Carey. We, uh, you know, I don't want to talk okay, about this. Let's talk football. Yeah, let, let's go Because 49ers. the 49ers won a football game. They did. Oh, Unbelievable. Amazing. I was so down on this team. I was. Sure. Uh, Rightfully I was, so. Right. I was full tank mode. I didn't think any way, even if Gabbert played well, that they were going to yeah. do what they did. And I guess that's where you have to start. We just heard from Blaine Gabbert at the top of the show. And what a game he played. He played the best quarterback that the 49ers have have had this season. Man, it was just fun to watch. It really was. And it wasn't great football, but at the same time, like with, with what we've been watching with Kaepernick, like the scared, uh, bad throws and just, you know, shaky feet in the pocket and he just wants to run and he's getting hit all the time. Blaine Gabbert was not sacked in this game. No, he got rid of the ball so oh, quickly. And, beautiful. Uh, he loves his tight ends. We saw that in the preseason. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't watch all those Jacksonville games when he was playing really <laughs> bad didn't? and that you was a really bad team. I saw enough. <laughs> And I never saw him play as well as he played. He was confident. Yeah. He was hitting those back shoulder throws down the field. Because that's, that's that's the one the thing key. I really wanted to see from him is stuff that was that was long. I mean, I expected the tight ends. I expected some short dump off stuff. He was getting rid of the ball quickly. Some right. of those, and he was not getting any help from his wide receivers either. Dropped so, so many, many balls. I mean, one of his picks was because is, of that. Is he even an NFL wide receiver? I was getting so mad at him. You mentioned it, the back shoulder throws. He's anticipating his receivers yes, being open. Anticipation. It's something that just you don't see with Colin Kaepernick. No, that he's, was never Ka- Kaepernick's no. strength. Oh, never. Ever. And never. This, this season he's taken that regression. And, you know, there was, he mentioned the, the bad interception. He almost gave the game away there. And that was, you know, he was anticipating his guy being open and he threw it. And you're going to get that, but I'll take that. You know, I will, I love, he's just releasing the ball before the guys were out of their breaks. And, oh, God, it's just, it was fun. It was fun to see, to watch some watchable football. I mean, that's really what it was. It, 
it wasn't just him. I mean, Sean Drone looked fantastic. A guy that's sitting on his couch yeah. a week before comes out. He's making spin moves. He's looking quick. He's picking up blitzes. I mean, he well ran played. really hard. It, it, he had a nice little spark. I mean, he he only had what was it three and a half yards per carry or something? Oh, whatever. Yeah, I think fifty eight yards. But didn't he have ninety six total yards? I mean, yeah, he he <laughs> made some plays receiving four catches for thirty eight yards. He yeah. had a nice thirty yard run. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe this guy's been on seven different rosters. Since becoming a pro. And, you know, Tom Sula said that his study sessions or one on the job over Pierre Thomas and over, you know, Kendall Gaskett. Well, that was one of the keys to me before the week because Drone, they brought him in and instantly signed him. So, you yeah. know, they saw something they liked from him in sure. his workout. Whereas Pierre Thomas worked out for numerous teams all offseason yeah. long and all preseason and now all season. And nobody really wanted to sign him. And they finally reluctantly signed him. And he looked like, he had nothing left in the tank. He looked slow. He no. looked like he didn't know where he was going with the ball. He didn't look like he was going knew where he was going when he didn't have the ball. That That's was right. just not good. And you can see why they released him. Yeah, So and they replaced him with Travaris Cadet, who yeah. was his former teammate in New Orleans. Right. Drafted free agent in 2012. Kind of brings some of the same things to the table. He runs hard. Um, he's a pretty good receiver, so I think we'll see him in that role probably. Plus, he can play special teams, too, which yes. you're not going to yes, see yes. Pierre Thomas out there covering right. kicks or anything like that. Speaking of special teams, I felt like the 49ers were getting thrashed. On special teams, I feel like Eric Weems was running all over them. I, I think was, I, yeah. at the beginning of the game, it was like, oh no, because they kept getting great field position. Right. Over and over. I mean, dude averaged almost 30 yards on his kick returns, averaged 19 yards on his punt returns. I mean, even uh, Pinion inside the 20 had a basically a touchdown saving tackle there. Yeah, he did. That was good to that see. Was a and nice tackle. What was nice, though, is I think it was like a second or third uh, punt return. Um, Vance McDonald just lit up Weems <laughs> on the sideline. That was so much fun to watch. That was nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, get, let's get back to Garrett a little bit. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, of course. His numbers don't look great necessarily. No. But. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more. We forgot to mention our guests. We have a couple of guests on the episode right. this week. We Big have show. Matt Barrows from the Sacramento Bee. He's going to join us. And we have Danny Kelly from Field Goals because we have a bye week as well next week. Right. You're yeah. going to be out of town. I'm going to be out of town. So uh, we're not going to have a show next week, but we will get into a little bit of the Seahawks this week for you. So I'm going to be basking in all my prices right glory yeah, playing off a, week. A hell of a lot of ping pong. I hey, hey no spoilers. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> there, I have spoilers coming up. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. All right. Whatever. It already aired, so it's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Gabbard's number. It's not great. 15 to 25, 185, two touchdowns. He did throw the two picks. He had 32 yards rushing on eight carries. I mean, that's these are good numbers. I mean, they're not great numbers, but the biggest number well, and is the win. The, and the, the biggest win. thing, remember, was it week two, and Kaepernick compiled a whole bunch of big numbers yeah. in garbage time against... Uh, you Pittsburgh know, against Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was a really a winnable like, oh, game. Come on, these are great. This is this, a great offense. No, and, and he didn't. Uh, when when that game ended, the numbers didn't match how he looked. Sure. And, and this was the opposite. His numbers, when you look at him in the box score, fifteen of twenty five, two picks. That's right. not what I saw on the field. He I'm with you. A lot better than that. One of his picks was obviously that was that should go on Jerome Simpson's box, <sighs> box score, right? That, <laughs> yeah, I don't even was, want to talk about Jerome Simpson. He, he, I was getting so frustrated. And over even Torrey Smith, he made up for yeah. it with he caught the ball he shouldn't have caught right. and then he dropped the easy dropped one the in ball his hands. on the sideline. Yeah, I mean, but even, at least he made up for it. Well, Kaepernick came in at one point too. I mean, Gabbert took a really big hit. He had to go through a little concussion protocol. So, did you notice that when Kaepernick came in, they booed? 
Do you think they were booing Kaepernick or booing the fact that Gabbert had to go exactly. out? Exactly. See, I wanted to bring this up because there's been conflicting reports on whether or not he was booed at all. Some people saw, said they heard cheers when oh, he was coming in. Really? So yeah. maybe it was just a little Matt bit of Mayoko both. Matt said that uh, from where he, from his vantage point, it sounded like cheers when he came on the field. Okay, so we we only get the mic feed from from Fox, right? And yeah. we get the, their commentary, which right. was oh, boo Kaepernick. But and I, I did. I heard boos. Yeah, I, I heard something, but I don't think it was so much that. There might have been some of that, mm-hmm. but I think. The fans in the stadium were probably feeling the same way I was, which is like, why the hell are you taking him off the field right now? I was, I like, was booing. Yeah, up. I was booing yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, yeah. If anything, you? I yeah. imagine most of the fans were booing that they were taking out our quarterback that was playing pretty well. Right. That that it was actually that he had to come out, that it wasn't a coach's decision or anything like that. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, this is cool. that, that made me think of something else because that's if that's the rule, mm-hmm. then tactically, if you can take the other team's starting quarterback out of the game, dude. Do it. Helmet to helmet, 15 yards yeah. to get Tom Brady out of the game Wow! in a playoff game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, at least for Dude. one or two plays. Yeah, who cares if they kick your guy out of the game? Put in a backup pass rusher. Hey, <laughs> clean up clean up Tom <laughs> Brady right now, dirty. helmet to I helmet, and he'll have to leave the game. Oh, I like it. Because he right. has to. Yeah. He was out for the whole series. They punted. Dude, you're checking like karate kid stuff, though. You know, like <laughs> Sweep go- the lake. <laughs> Get him a body bag. By the way, um, Jared Goff. Uh-huh. And if the 49ers keep winning some games here, they're not going to be... No, he'll be out. Yeah. He'll be out of there. Um, uh, if he draft. does end up going really high in the draft, mm-hmm. which I think he might. But he has he looks like Johnny from Karate Kid. I can see that. Yeah. I think I, I posted something on, on You Twitter. know what? We, we've talked a lot about this game. Um, before we get too deep into it, why don't we give uh, give Barrows a call? Let's talk to Mr. Matt Barrows. All right. He is the beat writer for the Sacramento Bee covering the 49ers. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Barrows. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay, so Matt, backup quarterback in there. Starting running back is out, top receiver out, top three cornerbacks out. You bring in a couple of practice squad guys to cover one of the best receivers in the NFL. So apparently that is a recipe for success, right? Yeah, I I swear I was thinking, you know, if the 49ers came within 20 points (laughs) of the Falcons, they they would consider that a success. I, I did not see that outing coming from them. Um, maybe I uh, overestimated Atlanta. Uh, obviously, I did, but it was a it was a spirited, energy-filled effort from the 49ers. I thought, especially on defense, um, it, it it reminded me of the uh, of, of the teams of, of the past few years for the 49ers. The uh, the Vic Fangio-led defenses, where you know they would just shut the uh, opponent out on the ground. And you know, allow some yards through the air, but don't allow the uh, the opponent to get into the end zone. And that was the recipe they used on Sunday. And uh, like I said, it was uh, very reminiscent of uh, of the recent 49ers teams. And, and you really couldn't have said that beyond Week One uh, of the 49ers this year. So um, I was impressed. I, you know, I thought it was um, probably the best coached game that they had. Um, you know, the fact that they had so much energy. You know, going into this game, everything was, was rotten in the state of Denmark for this team. I mean, uh, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. They had, they had won two games. Um, and so many injuries in, in the last game against the Rams. You, you, could, you could just see the, the wheels falling off this team. And the fact that they were able to get up for it, I think, um, speaks very well to Jim Tom Sula. Obviously, these guys want to win for Jim Tomsula, and you know that's something that they've got to build on these last seven games because you know that's that's the determination that needs to be made at the end of the season. Is this team getting better 
can you envision success in, in 2016? And uh, the only way you can do that is if you're on some somewhat of a hot streak towards the end, and, and that was a good sign on Sunday. Yeah, you know, you mentioned it, uh, the defense really just stopping uh, the other team's rushing attack. We haven't even gotten to it yet on the show. Uh, Devontae Freeman, 12 yards on 12 carries. He came in leading the NFL. I mean, was this more schemes by Mangini, or do you think that, that you know, that, that the defensive line and the linebackers really just showed up to play? Well, well, both, but, uh, you know, I think one of the results of having so many neophytes uh, in the lineup, uh, Marcus Cromartie and uh, Chris Davis and, you know, Jaquaski Tart was starting his second game, is that um, uh, Eric Mangini went with a very simplified game plan. And, you know, sim- simplification is what Vic Fangio did. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's what the Fangio defenses were based on. They didn't have to do a lot because they were good. And, and I think, um, you know, in, in that way also it, it was reminiscent of the defenses of the past. They didn't, they didn't do a lot of fancy stuff. Uh, Navarro Bowman definitely blitzed more than usual, uh, but there weren't a lot of, you know, crazy blitzes from safeties and, and cornerbacks, and um, Aaron Lynch wasn't dropping into coverage every, every third play or anything like that. It was a, it was a very standard defense, and, you know, uh, it, it, it was effective. Um, on several occasions, you saw Matt Ryan go back, and he, he looked and you know, just didn't have anywhere to throw. So they, they were dumping guys back into coverage. Those guys in coverage were doing a really good job uh, on their opponents. Um, obviously, Ryan wanted to go to uh, Julio Jones a lot, and he did. But, again, you know, a lot of yards, but not a lot of uh, uh, points. And, and that's, you know, just taking a page from these, uh, these defenses of the past. Yeah, Matt, I noticed that too. I mean, the talk is obviously all about Gabbert, but man, the defense stepping mm-hmm. up. And, and we saw earlier in the season the defense start off the game well against the run, and then eventually they wear down. And I think those two things worked together where the offense kept the defense off the field enough where right. they, they just played really, I don't know, they were just springy, and they were fresh the whole game, and they, <laughs> and they, they played four quarters of football on defense. Do you think that had to do more because of the offense or just some more young players on the field, and maybe they were just invigorated for that reason? Yeah, I, I think there was a, a sense of invigoration. I don't, I don't know what exactly it was, whether it was Gabbert, whether it was the – the fact that they did have so many injuries, and, and sometimes when that happens, um, everybody says to themselves, you know what, I, I've got to play a little bit better than usual because, you know, so-and-so is not in the lineup. Um, you know, that's an effect that you see throughout sports. When a star player goes down, sometimes the, the, the effect is, is opposite of what you think it's going to be in that the, the team actually plays a little bit better. So it, it may have been... All of those things, you know, the, the Falcons uh, are on a bit of a slide. I think that probably uh, factors into it uh, in, in a big way. And, um, you know, I think this, this game coming up against Seattle will, will tell us a lot. Um, but, um, you know, just, just this last game against the Falcons, it was a, it was a good game. Um, you know, 17 points isn't a lot, but that's, again, you know, it, re- it reminded me of a 2011 game. When you know the the 49ers were just coming together, um, you know the 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 defense the offense was reliant on Frank Gore. There wasn't a lot of fireworks on offense. They weren't scoring a lot of points, but that defense was so good that you could get away with scoring 17 points and and win the game. And um, to be fair to to Colin Kaepernick 
Um, he hasn't had that defensive support for most of the season. Sure. And, um, you know, you look at the, the Carolina Panthers or some of these other teams, uh, even the Seahawks, and, uh, you, know, you know, you look at uh, Cam Newton, for example, um, yeah, he's doing a great job. He, he could win the MVP this year, but his stats are worse than Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> right. uh, and one of the differences is that he's got an awesome defense, yeah. and he's got a, a really good running game uh, to, to prop him up. And he's got a really good tight end, too. And you, and you see him using that tight end as a, as a crutch in a lot of, in a lot of instances. And, uh, frankly, Colin Kaepernick doesn't have any of those three things. So, you know, uh, the, being a – a quarterback in the NFL is so difficult, and so many of these teams are looking for a star quarterback, and there's so few of these star quarterbacks uh, that you know some of these successful teams have a, a have good quarterbacks, but they've got a lot of good things around that mm-hmm, quarterback mm-hmm. to make the team good, and I think you know that's a big difference between uh, the Carolina Panthers in 2015 and the and the 49ers in 2015. Right, and that recipe you just spelled out is exactly what the 49ers were in 2012 right. and 2013. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, speaking of lineup changes that that might have invigorated the team a little bit, do you see any more changes going forward? Some young players that might get, you know, a chance at a starting job, or or maybe just see the field a little bit more, maybe on the offensive line or or defensive line. Yeah, it seems as if the Forty ers have been toying with this uh, idea of starting Andrew Tillman uh, or Tiller, sorry, at uh, right guard instead of Jordan Devy. Um, and this was the first game where the, the ratio really swung in Tiller's favor. So, um, you know, the whole idea of starting Debbie to start the season was that he had experience. He had started games uh, in right. New England, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that may, you know, continue to, to be the case, especially with the team playing in Seattle, which is so difficult for an offensive line with the uh, stadium noise. But, um, just just based on how they played, especially in this last game, it was obvious that Tiller was the one who really caught the coach's eye. So if there's a change on the offensive line, I think that's going to be it. And you know everybody saw that that very brief uh, period where Trent Brown, the the seventh round pick, was in at right tackle, and Eric Pierce slid to guard. Um, that may be something that they toy with uh, moving forward as well. And you know, think, uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, Gabbert sacked zero times, so whatever they were doing out there uh, was, was fantastic. You know, Pro Football Focus has Marcus Martin ranked last among centers, so please tell us Daniel Kilgore is going to be back after the bye. He's going to be back at practice oh! after the bye. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, it, it's conceivable that he plays in, in Seattle, but probably not. Right. Um, you know, this is a guy who's been out since, you know, what was it, mid-October, of last year, so he really needs the the practice time. He hasn't gotten any of that in um, what uh, thirteen months right. now. So he's going to be back at practice, probably after after the bye, and then um, you know the Forty ers have to make a decision in the next twenty one days as to whether he should be activated or not. I, I assume that they will do that at some point. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think myself. You know, the most natural time to do that. Uh, and it may be that they, 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 you know, take that full 21 days and, and activate him before, I think it's the, the Chicago Bears game in, in early December. Mm-hmm. Uh, that or the Cardinals game uh, the week prior seems like the most likely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a boon to whoever is starting at, at quarterback. Uh, Marcus Martin has not been good. No. Uh, if, if you watch, <laughs> no. uh, watch that first touchdown, uh, that, that short throw to, to Garrett Selleck, um, <laughs> 
Marcus Martin gets gets blown up. He does. In, yeah, in, he got destroyed into, on that first storm. It's only lucky that he gets blown up and blown up so badly that he takes out a couple of. It's like a grenade goes off. Right. He takes out a couple of Falcons defenders and, and buys Blaine uh, Gabbard a couple of extra seconds. Need to learn that but, play. Yeah, but I mean that's 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 happened so many times. Yeah. It's unbelievable seeing a man of that that size. You know, three hundred and twenty pounds or whatever he is. Um, going backwards as much as he does, but that happens all the time, and that's why he's pro football focuses, you know, 33rd or 34th ranked center right. this year. And and I have to believe that even if uh, Daniel Kilgore is not in midseason form, and and no one expects him to be, he's still going to be better than what Marcus Martin has been to this point. Yeah, you mentioned his 320 pounds. They look like a soft 320 pounds. I had a lot of hopes for Marcus Martin. He was a high draft pick. Some people right. thought touted him as maybe a late first round pick. He fell to the, the top of the third round where the 49ers took him. Is Have you heard any rumblings around uh, the facility there with just developmentally? Well, what's going on with that guy? You know, I, I think it's um, it's it's got to be a, a strength issue. I mean, he just doesn't right. have the I don't know what, the, what caps the word work is. Functional strength. I don't know if it's work ethic. He's just not stout enough to hold that position. Yeah. Um, because that's you know it's such a you know uh, of all the you know you you hear about um, you know protecting the quarterback's blind side and how imperative that is for a quarterback's um, success and, and and his health. But you know the, the the best way to rattle a quarterback, the best way to take a quarterback off his game is to get pressure up the middle because then he has nowhere to run. Right. And, um, and, and right he can't face. settle in the pocket. So when you've got a, a dicey center situation, it makes things very difficult on, on the quarterback. And uh, that'll be something to watch, uh, you know, next Sunday in, in Seattle to, to see whether Marcus Martin, if this is his last start, uh, provides, you know, good prote- protection to, to Blaine Gabbert because, uh, you know, to his credit, Gabbert – that was the big. That was a big critique of Gabbert when he was in Jacksonville, that he couldn't handle pressure. Yeah. Um, he uh, he even reacted to phantom pressure. He would get, you know, happy feet, quick feet when he was back there. I didn't see any of that on uh, on Sunday against Atlanta, and that's why I think this uh, Seattle game is going to be a really really interesting um, second test for him because uh, the pressure is going to be on more so than it was. Uh, you know, in the friendly confines of uh, Levi Stadium, and, and the defense he's going against is, you know, infinitely better than the, right. the Falcons' defense. So uh, this will be this will be fun to watch, just from a sort of a curiosity and a, an experimental standpoint as well. Right. So much of a bigger test for Gabbert than that Atlanta Falcons defense was. From your vantage point at the stadium on Sunday, were those boos? Directed at Gabbert coming off the field? Were they directed at Colin Kaepernick going on the field? Cap got booed. That's kind of what they said on the broadcast. I'm not sure if that was necessarily the case. How'd you hear it? Yeah, you know, a lot of times um, I'll I'll come home after a game and I'll check my Twitter and my email, and uh, so much of the questions are formed by what the announcers say mm-hmm. during the game, and, and I think they got that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, my sense was that you, you, if you remember what happened, uh, Gabbard got you know absolutely blasted and was a little bit slow to get up, but it was more of a it wasn't a sort of a woozy get up. It was more of a you know I, I just got hit really hard in my chest and he was uh, a little bit um, you know angry when he got up. He was fired up. Yeah, he was fired up exactly. He was fired up 
And um, it, it, there was a little bit of a delay because the uh, ACT spotter called down to the official, and there was a question about why the game had stopped. And you could tell from Gabbard's demeanor that he didn't want to come out of the game. You love um, that too. And, and if you read his lips, he, he said as much to the to the <laughs> official who was esc- escorting him off. And, and that's what I think the crowd was uh, was reading. I mean, they were you know they were on Gabbard's side by that point, and they were. Uh, reading his body language, and he didn't want to come off the field, and he was being forced off the field, and that's why people were booing. Um, and actually, when when Kaepernick got on the field, there was um, definite applause. I mean, it wasn't you know all out ovation for him, but it it, it was definite uh, a warm reception that he got inside the stadium. You follow Matt Matt Barrows on Twitter, of course. He's the 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. Matt, thanks again. Anytime, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, Matt. Oh, Barrow's always great. You know, I'm great stuff as always. Yeah, you know, he mentioned Julio Jones, uh, how they threw to him a lot, and you know, he ten catches, 137 yards, 17 targets. I don't know if you noticed this, but at the the end of the first half, on that deep ball and, and deep pass from Ryan to him, and he made the catch. Did you notice that Bowman was covering him on that? I did notice. that. Yeah, I dropped a what the bleep. I thought the same thing, <laughs> and so I thought is. Was that supposed to be? You know, he, was he supposed to have the deep middle of the field, and he just couldn't get back there because he kind of he kind of had pretty decent position at first, and then sure. he looked over the wrong shoulder, and he kind of got turned around a little bit. Or was that something where because Tart was was dropped way down on that, and I'm yeah. wondering if if maybe he screwed up and he was supposed to be back there, or Eric Reed didn't get over the top enough. Yeah, that's possible. But that was a really interesting how he was. I just feel like Julio's going to win Jones that in the middle of the field. Right, he's going to win that. Not you know, ten times out of ten. Yeah, and Matt Ryan's obviously like, okay, well, I know where I'm throwing right. the football on this play. <laughs> Bowman had a great day though. Seven tackles, two oh, yeah. for loss. He did drop an interception, uh, which would have been huge there in the fourth. But he was trying to close down Levi Stadium early. Yeah, and they were going to have to build a new stadium. After and they're he like, pick oh, six. well, let's right? not do that yet. <laughs> he had a huge sack. He also had a pass deflection, uh, three quarterback hits. Speaking of pass deflections, Tony Gerard Eddie. He had two swats at the line. He was doing his J.J. Watt impersonation out there. That was awesome to see. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Just all, all around great. I mean, that, that defense was so strong. and that was It really, really was. The, 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 the new quarterback situation, Gabbard overshadowed it. But, man, that like Matt Barrow said, that's, it was, that, you give the defense the game ball. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. We didn't even mention Quentin Patton. Three catches, 70 yards. He looked fast. Yeah. He looks quick. Yeah. A little spark that they're kind of missing on mm-hmm. offense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because Torrey Smith isn't the quick, like, you know, laterally quick guy. He's, the, you know, more of the deep threat type. And obviously Bolden's, he was slow when he was young, so he's not any faster right, now. But, yes. he's a, you know, he's the brute. He's a borderline tight end as it is. So it's nice to have QPAT kind of making some plays yeah. and uh, showing some of that quickness. Another uh, spark, Bruce Ellington. He averaged 32.5 yards on his kick returns. He averaged 17 yards on his one punt return. So it was really just 17 yards. Right, right. Yeah, that's solid. You're giving your team great field position. Yeah, I like to see it. And he's all not made all, of glass, too. And he doesn't fumble. So these are two <laughs> solid things you want from your punt returner. I chose the 49ers to lose that game. You chose the 49ers to lose that game, right? Indeed. We, we both would have lost in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I said by 10, I think you went by the points. It was a, yeah. I think it was a seven-point spread, and yeah. I was definitely taking that. And Barrows said, you know, the, the, the fact they stayed within 20 was sort of a win. No one and saw that down coming. down with the W, was, was it was fantastic. awesome to see. And right now the 49ers are at 3-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Um, They would currently be drafting 8th, I believe. Oh, no, no. Yes, they would currently be drafting eighth, and it's funny because the way it works out, all the other teams with three losses, oh, three wins only have five losses instead right. of six because they've had the bye, bye weeks. Week. So 
with strength of schedule, if all those teams lose, they jump down to like 15th. So you're looking at this the wrong way. I'm saying three games out of a playoff spot right here for the 49ers. That's kind of my point is because it's going to be so hard for the 49ers to get really, really, really high. Mm -hmm. So let's say there's one quarterback that really separates himself in the draft. Sure. And he's that number one overall type of pick, maybe number two, number three. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's even possible for the 49ers to get that high of a selection due to strength of schedule. Because if they're tied, they're going to be drafting after the other team they tie with record-wise. Right. So at this point, you know, play spoiler, yeah. knock somebody else out of the playoffs if you can't get in. But Yeah, I you mean, know, you've definitely got some chances at that, at Seattle and then Arizona at home. I mean, you know, not not that those are both winnable games, but you know, this is, like you said, play spoiler. Here you go. And yeah. then at Chicago, at Cleveland. They're not going to lose out. There, there's some winnable games there. If yeah. they can beat the Falcons, they, they beat... Uh, the Vikings earlier in the season. So Cincinnati's coming out west. I mean, that's no easy trip. Forty Nineers play great at home, right? Yeah, if they get competent quarterback play, which is what we saw. That's the key, and, man. And this is. Can we go to the mailbag really quick? Yes, because of course. We got a text on our text line. By the way, you can always call us up, leave a message, or or drop us a text. The phone number is 24 hours a day, whatever. Uh, you just leave a message or text us and, and say whatever you'd like. Uh, one of the texters asks. Is just a short, short message. It says, "Is Gabbert the future?" I mean, he is a f- former first round pick, right? I mean, there was high hopes for him coming out of the draft. He was highly touted. He didn't look great in Jacksonville, but he wasn't really set up to succeed. He was not at all. And I saw so much development, even from the preseason yeah. last year, and now this preseason, and now see him play. He, he did some impressive things, and uh, like we talked with Barrows, if those other things are in place. He could be a winning Why quarterback not? from what I saw in this last game. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not going to draft a quarterback because Blaine Gabbert, if he looks exactly how he did last week, if he looks that way the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But I think what you have is a long-term backup, at least. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, so he's, he's proven, proven that. that he can play no doubt. in the NFL. That's a, and that's he's well still put. pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Obviously, he's got some great feet. Yeah. And one of the things... His athleticism is really underrated because, you know, Cap's got the long speed. Right. But Cap, like, biomechanically, he almost cannot – it's almost like he can't really operate. He can't be a great pocket passer because of how much space he needs. Long limbed, long arms, long legs. And he's got a more compact delivery than he had. He had that baseball windup coming out of the draft. Yeah. And he's worked on that a lot. It's gotten better. But still really long and slow and deliberate. And he, he needs space and – it's one thing Gabbert doesn't need, even though he's a pretty big guy himself. Right. He can move around in, in quick movements, small movements, dump the ball off quickly, quicker trigger, and I like those things about him. You know, I don't know if you saw the the Kurt Warner breakdown. Uh, there was an article that came out yesterday, I believe. It was he was breaking down Kaepernick's footwork in in film work, and he was talking about. It, and he's just like, it's horrible. Look at this pass right here. The guy's wide open, and instead, uh, it was his his first option, and he wasn't open for a second. And all of a sudden, he got happy feet. And then he made the throw, and the throw was super inaccurate because he's thrown off his back foot or his feet are parallel to the line when they should be perpendicular, you know. And just over and over, Kurt Warner's just going over. He's like, these aren't the things we worked on. Like, he's not doing all of these things because he's reverting back to, to what he isn't. And that is, he's not a, he's not a pocket passer. He's, right. he's a guy that throws well on the run. And they, they try to convert him into a pocket passer. It's just not working. No, not working at all. Gabbert does throw a little bit of a sinker. Yeah, he does. <laughs> But he, he he showed some downfield stuff, like we mentioned with the some of those back shoulder throws, anticipation. Right. Um, he loves working with the tight end. I'll take a sinker over a floater, though, too. The floaters well, yeah. get tipped up and then get intercepted, yeah, you know? Yeah, right. You'd rather it find the grass than another yeah. uh, than a defender. 
Uh, and hopefully we see I – mean, he hasn't played that much recently. Hopefully we see even development and see him play better than he played last week. Well, let's get real here. This is a guy who played without his starting running back, even his backup running back, his two backup running backs. Yeah. They're down three running backs yeah. right now. They're on they're, – if you count Hayne too, I mean that's their f- starting four running backs heading into the season all gone. Right. You know, you, you got Kendall Gaskins – you know, he's practice, practice squad, squad guy. Yeah. You sign a guy drone off the street, Pierre Thomas. Now you sign a cadet off the street. Mm-hmm. And, and he doesn't have his starting wide receiver either. Anquan Bolden, their best guy, out. Vernon Davis, starting tight end, out. I mean, this guy's playing with backups right now. If some of these guys come back and they're healthy, what what can is the sky the limit with Blaine Gabbard? I mean, it's possible, right? It's he, possible. Uh, I wouldn't get too excited, but <laughs> I, I know that I've – what I would say is I would sign him to be, at worst, the backup quarterback mm-hmm. and maybe – well, let's say there's seven games left. What if he until, wins five? What if he goes five and two? I mean, that's I mean that, that's what right? I'm saying. There's there. It's not insane to see a first round former first round pick play better with a better cast than he did early yeah, or very just later early in his, his career, career too. Right, just right. yeah, take take your lumps early. Yeah, you learn. Develop. I'm excited about the development I've already seen in Gabbard. Sure. So um, if that continues and if he does play really really well, I could change my mind. But right now, I saw a guy that I like having on my team as the number two quarterback. Maybe right. he's somebody that you know can can start while you develop another player behind him. And then, you know, when this move was announced, I was thinking, okay, this is just a one-week thing. They're going to go into the bye. Kaepernick's going to be back. You know, they're going to get Bolden back. They're going to get Kilgore back. They're going to go at Seattle. That's going to be their Super Bowl, this and that. And then I watched the game on Sunday, and I was like, no, I don't want that. This, <laughs> right. I, I don't want to go back to they that. They brought you back. Yeah, I, I, I want to see good football like I saw on Sunday. It's more fun. It's so oh, much more fun. man. It was just fun watching. And it was good football, and yet it really wasn't. There were so many drops, you know, Gabbard. You know, <laughs> well, yeah. He, he missed some some pretty open throws at times. But, oh, man, it's just it, – it wasn't – it wasn't look at your first receiver and then happy feet throw the ball away or happy feet and run. It was right. it was check downs, and it was anticipating receivers getting open. It was back shoulder throws. It was – Sean Drone looking good out of the backfield. It was ah oh man, I, I I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> heading into the bye. I know it's it's two weeks away, and then they got to go at Seattle. So I I'm realistic here at Seattle, and then home against Arizona. These next two weeks they're going to be brutal. And Should they, be excited. You're staring at two losses in a row. You're staring at at three and eight. You know right right in front of you. But right. yeah. who knows? We, we thought for sure they were going to lose to the Falcons. So this NFL game, it's fun because who really knows what's going to happen? If Kilgore can come back, mm-hmm. and I want I wanted to ask Matt, and I forgot, is it more reps or is he is, he, is the injury lingering a little bit? Like he's not ready to go? It's probably just getting up question. to game speed, right? right? I mean, well, he's been around the team. He has to know what to do. So if he can oh, yeah. physically perform, he has to be. I don't think it's playbook. Because if you can get an average player yeah. to replace or even a slightly below average player to replace Marcus Martin, who's, who's playing the worst center in the league right, right. now. Well, I mean, that means that you know your backup on the practice squad is not good if if you're you've got the worst center and you're not even they haven't even talked about replacing him. Like it's it has not been right. brought up at all. They're just waiting for Kilgore. And it's but well, that's what's scary is because if Kilgore if they get need the whole window on Kilgore, is there a chance yeah. that he's really kind of maybe not going to be ready physically? It's a big injury. Because he's a if big it's man just too. Reps, then let him have those reps on Sunday. Right. For all I care, you know, unless, unless it's just he he physically can't do it. And then well, you could also be your three and six, so you don't rush a guy back. What they're doing with with uh, Hyde, we didn't even mention Carlos Hyde. They're saying, you know, we're not going to rush him back. Obviously, we're going to mm-hmm. make sure this foot thing heals properly. I, we may not see Hyde again the rest of the year. If they come out and they do lose these and they're three and eight, why? Yeah. Why do you bring him back? Yeah, it was a four to six week injury yeah. with the with the foot, right? So that could put him at the week after the bye. Mm-hmm. At the earliest, or a couple the, weeks after that, and he, I don't see him coming back against Seattle. No, no, no. I, I meant the game after. Oh, so Seattle. Arizona at home. Arizona, I believe, would be four. Isn't weeks, that going right? to be the black jersey game? I think. 
Oh, is it going to I be think, again? I think that's what I read, that they're okay. going to be wearing those no, black jerseys again. So we're going to get those Catwomen outfits again, I'm hoping. Oh, okay. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Right. Yeah, the cheerleaders. <laughs> they definitely wear those black uniforms the best. We, um, we have yeah. another guest here, but before we get to him, real quick, pinion inside the 20, five punts, four pinion, 33-yard average. Hey, hey, horrible. Zero inside the 20. His average, 44.4 on the season. Actually up. He went from 26th to 24th. Uh, his net, 39.9. He went down. He was 15th last week. Now he's down to 18th. Didn't pin any inside the 20, so he's now 11th there. Again, he did have that touchdown-saving tackle, though. That was that was impressive. Andy Lee, though, heading in the wrong direction, too, just keeping up with that. He's down to 5th in average, 7th in net. Yeah, we might see a lot of uh, Bradley Pinion. He putted nine times the last time uh, the 49ers played the Seahawks. We do have a Seahawks person here with us today, don't we, we on do. the phone? Yes, let's get to our guest right now. All right, with us now, Danny Kelly, writer, editor at FieldGoals.com, the premier Seahawks blog on SBNation.com. Danny, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing Great. fantastic. Big win for the 49ers. Woo! We weren't sure how many of those we were going to see this season. So, you know, three and six, not bad. One win less than those Seattle Seahawks. Am I right? Four and four right now? Yeah, that was a good start for uh, Blaine Gabbert, too. I didn't expect uh, – I, I guess I didn't expect him to be – uh, as good as he was. No I one was, did, Danny. That makes three of us. <laughs> and a stadium full of 40-some-odd thousand. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that's uh, something good to, you know, take into next week. You guys are on the bye week, right? Yeah, right. Yes, we yeah. have the bye here coming up before the Seattle matchup. I, I, I mean, it, mentioning Gabbert, I don't think six months ago you would have been sitting here week nine saying that Blaine Gabbert was going to get booed because he was coming off of the field. <laughs> and kept going back on. <laughs> That was an odd turn of events for the 49ers this year, that's for sure. Uh, we did talk to you, Danny, uh, before the season about the Seahawks, and there were some pressing questions. You know, the 49 or the Seahawks obviously were in the Super Bowl last year. Some pressing questions, though. Super Bowl hangover, um, the offensive line, losing some really good coaches, namely defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. I think most Seattle Seahawks fans, and probably you included, expected a better record right now than than sitting sure. at 500, 4-4. Four four. Where are you guys at right now? And some of those losses, some of those... Uh, things still lingering this season? Yeah, so I was thinking about just like, you know, what to say when someone asked me what's the deal with the Seahawks halfway through, <laughs> like the last couple of weeks, you know, and just kind of go, because they had their bye this week, and so we've been doing a lot of kind of halfway point things. Right. I still don't think I have a very good sense of how good this team really is. I think that they're talented, and they have a lot of talent on the team. They've got some good weapons, and, you know, Jimmy Graham, Marshawn Lynch is still here. They Tyler Lockett has looked good as a rookie. Russell Wilson has been up and down. Um, obviously they have a lot of talent on defense, but, um, it's just been, it's been hard to nail down how good they are. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, four and four at the year, I think, I guess that kind of makes a lot of sense just based on how up and down they've been and going into the second half of the year, I'm optimistic in terms of them getting a turnaround just based on kind of what they've done over the last couple of years in the second half of the year over the last, um, several years i think Pete carroll is about i think he's 22 and 4 i think i saw the stat in november and december um as a seahawks coach or maybe that was just the last two seasons i can't remember where the stat was i probably should have looked that up but the bottom line is Pete carroll's teams are always really good in the second half of the year um that goes back to even when he was at usc and so um you know based on that i think that there's some optimism but to be honest like it's been a frustrating year just you know watching this team play their dead last in the red zone um they're you know not making i guess they're just not living up to what i think a lot of people thought they'd do but i mean at the same time though you're looking at a lot of things going against them obviously 
we talked about the offensive line that they've been that's been terrible this year and that's been I think a lot of the problem on offense and then um you know the Super Bowl hangover I think is a real thing you know just especially the way that it went down I think it was such a crushing loss and right. you know they had to get over that and I think they're probably still not totally over that so that's um, yeah that's insane the Super Bowl hangover even with changing nothing else it just it's it's a real thing and nobody knows why yeah. it's like the Madden yeah. curse <laughs> it exists <laughs> it is. I think it's real I mean it's from a psychological standpoint it's it's a real issue for this team because I mean they went from literally being a yard away from like pretty much football immortality they would have won two straight super bowls right. they would have beaten peyton manning then tom brady mm-hmm. um i yeah, mean I that's like that. a crazy legacy that they just missed out on with that play and there's so many very you know there's so many like things that kind of went down from that you know there's the whole marshawn lynch um not liking the front office thing obviously you know that kind of like can have an effect on the relationship between players on the offense obviously you know russell wilson's kind of like the golden boy and he just got a whole bunch of money this offseason, so that was another variable. Right, um, Cam Dep- Chancellor's holdout. I mean, right? yeah, Chancellor's holdout. So there's a lot. There's a cascading effect from that one play where they went from securing their legacy as one of the greatest teams of all time to potentially being one of these, you know, one and done type Super Bowl teams, and so. That's a big, that's a big, huge swing on one play. Right. And so. let us not forget the biggest thing is probably the succubus, that, which is Russell Wilson's girlfriend, right? <laughs> that has to be. Ciara Ono? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, you mentioned there uh, the bad offensive line, you know, as, as Niner fans here. We, we've been dealing with a lot of that this year. I was actually surprised for Pro Football Focus uh, ranked the 49ers 29th uh, best <laughs> What? Uh, yeah, offensive line, not last. 30s? No, thirty second against the run, okay. but sixteenth uh, against the pass de- uh, pass blocking there. Okay. But thirty uh, second was actually the, the Seahawks. They came in yeah. there, they're dead last. Yeah. Um, anything new planned there coming out of the bye week? <laughs> uh, well, they do have um, a different player set to start this week. Uh, Patrick Lewis. He, I think, he had one start earlier in the year, did okay, and then he actually injured his ankle or something in that game. He got rolled up on, and so he missed the next game or two. Um, but he's going to be back. And so that potentially could mean a slight uptick in effectiveness. The good news is Justin Britt has played a lot better at left guard than he did early on in the year where he was, like, atrocious, like really, really bad. Like um, Marcus Martin style? Like worst center <laughs> in the league? Yeah. Is that the new I mean, Mendoza line for offensive linemen? Yeah. <laughs> was he Marcus Martin bad? <laughs> yeah. We're coining that. So I think, I mean, I don't know uh, where he would end up on that line, but he was close, I, I sure. would venture. Um, so, but he's actually done really well in the last couple of weeks, so that's really encouraging. Um, I think that the team knew that it was going to start out slow. Obviously, they have three new guys on. Uh, they have three players at different positions or never had an NFL start. Um, and so they knew there was going to be some growing pains, but I don't think it, they expected maybe it to be as bad as it has been. Um, but... On the other hand, I, like I said, they're kind of trending in the right direction, so there's some optimism there. Um, I still think it's going to be their biggest issue the rest of the year. I don't think – I mean, there's just no way it's going to, like, end up being good. I think the idea is you, you hope it ends up not being totally terrible um, and you can kind of survive with it. They're still – I want to say they're still, you know, up there in terms of their third in the NFL right now and rushing, so it's not like, you know, their identity hasn't completely gone away. Um, they're still rushing the ball pretty well. They're still averaging 4.6 yards per carry, which is, let's see here, fifth in the NFL. So, you know, there's some good things as well. And they're still that, you know, run-heavy type team, but they're just really having a lot of problems uh, protecting Russell Wilson, which is obviously 
a big factor for them. Right. So, you, you know, Danny, yeah. one of the, the most surprising things you said there is the, the red zone productivity because you bring in Jimmy Graham, who's right. one of the best red zone players in the NFL. You already have one of the best red zone quarterbacks in the NFL. Russell Lynch. Russell Wilson, Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. Ru- Wilson had eight rushing touchdowns, didn't he, last year? Eight so, or nine or something, something like, like that? that yeah. uh, what, what's going on with that? That's a great question, honestly. I think uh, it, it's interesting. It's been, Like I said, it's been a really weird year. It's like a Twilight Zone almost style like year where the games they've won, they've lost the turnover battle, I think, on almost all of them, whereas the games that are, yeah, when the games they've lost, they've won the turnover battle, which is like totally <laughs> weird. Goes unheard of. It goes against the whole Pete Carroll thing where it's all about the ball. You know, that's like his big thing. And, and going back 20 years of his coaching career, he says that's like the most, important factor in in all of football the, the correlation in winning and turning over turning the ball over and so it's been weird in essence so like I'm, this is long-winded but the red zone thing is also kind of weird it's like why is this getting worse they got one of the best red zone players in the nfl and jimmy graham i expected him to come in and not be like des bryant obviously but be like a des bryant type guy where you can throw it up to him in the end zone he right, can line exactly. up, you know against the cornerback or a, or a safety or linebacker and utilize that in this match. But I think in the season, he's only had eight red zone targets. And the other issue is the Seahawks have only had, like, I think there's been 27 trips to the red zone in eight games. That's and so um, that, I think, is last in the NFL, too. And making it worse, they've only converted, I think, five of those. So they have the worst red zone percentage in terms of touchdowns in the red zone of any team. they Now, on the other hand, they've had a really good kicker, and Steven Hauschka, he's converted all his kicks so far, I think except for one that was blocked. So they're still scoring some points, but, I mean, to me, like the biggest thing in the second half of the year is if they don't start scoring more touchdowns, it's going to be – they're not going to get to the playoffs. They're, it's not going to be what they want it to be if they can't start scoring touchdowns more often in the red zone. Right, Danny. You know, we're, we're talking about Jimmy Graham here, seven for 75 against Dallas before the bye, two for 31 against us the week before, eight for 140 against Carolina before that, three for 30 against Cincinnati. So it's like, it's like feast or famine for him. Do you, do you see it yeah. staying that way going forward, or do you think maybe during the bye week they made a concerted effort to kind of get the ball into his hands? You know, I don't know, and that's another question. I feel bad just saying I don't know to all these questions. But the thing is, for the Seahawks, just in, over the last couple of years, it's very, very <clears throat> common for one guy to have a big game one week, another guy to have a big game the next week, mm-hmm. a different guy to have a big game the next week. Um, they have, you know, they specialize their game plans to get different guys involved, and if they see, like, a different mismatch they want to get going, then they use that. Um and so I think, you know, with Jimmy Graham thing, it, it definitely has been feast or famine. You know, there was a couple games early in the year when they were on national TV and he, like, didn't do anything. But then there was two other games where he was, like, really good. He had, like, you know, six or seven catches and a touchdown in each of those games. But the national narrative was, they're not using Jimmy right. Graham. Well, you know. But if you look at the statistics of the season, you know, he's on a really good pace. He's on, I think he's on pace to hit, like, 70-something catches and 800-something yards. Uh, again, to me, the big thing, though, is the touchdowns. I really wanted him to get somewhere around 8 or 10. Anywhere from 8 to 10 would be, like, huge. Um, now he's only at 2, so that Ooh. is kind of the big number that you have to look at. And those first two came in, I think, the first three weeks. Yeah, looking at Jimmy Graham's career stats, I mean, it's insane. I mean, you, you're, you were hoping for 8, but that would be 
still not enough, in my opinion, right. for Jimmy Graham. Low I mean, for him. Yeah, 10, 16, 9, 11. Those were his last four years as far as touchdowns go. I mean, yeah. is there something yeah. to the whole Super Bowl threw it in the end zone instead of running the ball? Are they, you know, is that? <laughs> Maybe. They got Maybe. the yips. Wilson's a little gun shy. It might be one of those, like, subconscious things. I don't think it plays a big part in, like, you know, regular second and third quarter action or whatever. But, like, as you get towards the end of the game, I think there's probably maybe that creeping into the sure. back of your mind a little yeah. bit. You want to lose with what you're best at rather right. than doing something that's kind of not not in your nature yeah. as a team. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, again, I, I like I, I said early on in the season, even before the season started, that I really wanted to get 8 to 10 touchdowns out of Jimmy Graham. Obviously, there's still a lot of time left for him to get there. But, you know, in the Seahawks, and the reason I, I went with 8-10 is, is it, I don't think he's going to get 16 necessarily in, in, the, in the Seahawks' low-volume passing offense. They don't score as many points as a lot of teams. They don't throw, I think they throw it like – I think it was like 67% of the amount of times that the, the Saints threw the ball last year. So you're wow. talking about right. like a one-third difference in, in, in the amount of passes they actually attempt. Um, so, but at the same time, you know, that's why you went and got him. Really, this is why they went. And yeah, got him. exactly. So, you didn't get him to block. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> no, so I mean, they got him because they want a red zone threat and, and they want a guy that you can pass to up the seam uh, to kind of you know make the field a little bit bigger. Because Russell Wilson, over his career, generally has not been very good over the middle um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, I, you know, so I think I think that was like John Schneider's thinking is. Jimmy Graham can be good in those areas and on third down where they're still kind of middling too bad. So, you know, they have a lot to work on on offense. Well, I hope Pete Carroll doesn't listen to our podcast because I think we pretty much have it all figured out for the Seattle Seahawks, right? (laughs) (laughs) We've got that red zone business figured out. Danny, we really appreciate you coming on and talking Seattle 49ers football. It's coming up in two weeks. You've got a game in between, but if you – let me put it this way. If the Seahawks lose this week, the Arizona Cardinals, the 49ers – and the Seahawks could end up with the same record Ooh. after that week if the 49ers win that one, too. At Seattle, totally going to happen. Right. Jay, it's the Gabbard Show. The Gabbard Show. The 12 haven't seen the Gabbard. That's true. Prep for it, yeah. <laughs> Danny, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Danny. Good talking to yeah, you. Thanks for having me on, honestly. Do you, <laughs> wow. It's Yeah, going on the road to Seattle. This is not going to be fun. Really good defense versus what they saw with the Falcons. But right. Just be competitive, man. That's, That's all we want to see. We want to see good football. That's it. We want to see competitive see, football. I don't want to see uh, Blaine Gabbert take a step back because yeah. I liked what I saw. Hopefully they can build on that on offense. I don't want to feel like the game's over at halftime. You know, I've had that feeling a few times this season, and it's just not fun. Yeah, and Danny said it with, with the Cardinals, how you have to, you still have to score. Right. And, and there's been games in the past where I think it was um, the week before with the 49ers – before the Falcons game, they were down 14-3, right, to the Rams? And right. Thinking, well, you, they, it's not, it's I, I not bad. I don't expect them to be able to score yeah. 12 points. They can score a touchdown, right? They can do it. They can do it. <laughs> no, they couldn't. They so, really could not. To see him move the ball and score a little bit without even being full strength, that was a good sign. Great sign. I want to see more of that. Very encouraging. And, uh, yeah, the schedule for the Seahawks, they I think they're going to have a good second half. I agree 100%. They get those three straight games at home. But, ah, whatever, 49ers, that don't, they don't have a tough schedule. Let's go over that real quick. Okay. At Seattle, tough. Arizona, tough. But then, yeah, a couple of road games, which isn't great, but it's at Chicago and it's at Cleveland. I mean, right. those are not good football teams. You come home, you got Cincinnati. Then you go at Detroit, and you finish up at home against St. Louis. The 49ers play very well at home. I see at least three very winnable games in there. Um, so that that gets you to six wins, right? I mean, 
Six and ten. That was if my prediction you, at the beginning of the season. That's true. Looking, if you win, looking, if you right. win the winnable games, that's probably about where yeah. they will be. And if they win games, well, they could the, win. Tough the Falcons games. game wasn't quote unquote winnable. No, right? it wasn't. I had so, it as a loss. So yeah, okay, all right. They can surprise. Eight and eight's not out of the question. I want to be surprised. Hey, before we get out of here, uh, let's get the mailbag again. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Marco Pedroso, at of course, Marco Pedroso. He asked us a question on Twitter. He said, Do you believe San Francisco will address the quarterback position in the first or second round in the 2016 draft? And then he asked for some candidates. And I, I mean, it, I think it just depends, right? I mean, it depends on how Blaine Gabbert finishes out the season, depends on where they are in the draft as well. Uh, just based on draft pick, right? Right. Like what we talked about just a little bit earlier. So if if Gabbert keeps playing well, how high do you have to be to draft the really good quarterback? A few episodes ago, I talked about how I don't want the next guy. You, you don't want I mean? number two? I don't want the guy who's just like, oh, crap, we have to draft a quarterback, so let's draft this guy who's not a first-rounder in right. the first round. I, I don't expect to see so much from Gabbert that I'm like, okay, well, Gabbert's the guy. Or I don't mm-hmm. expect Cap to come back and be like, okay, well, Cap, he's fixed, and now he's the guy. I ex- fully expect to... Me personally, be thinking, okay, we're going to draft a quarterback very high in the draft. At this point, I don't expect to see Cap back. I don't either. No, 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 no. no. I mean, Not just, at all. barring an injury to, to Gabbert, just because of the injury clause in Kaepernick's contract. I think you're right. So, what I I think we might have a long term. I'm confident that Gabbert can be a long term backup at this right. point, and we've only seen one game. He might regress a lot. You know, who knows? He may take but, a huge step forward might, too. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? But right now, if you had to pin me on it, I would say Gabbert. You know, you sign him to a contract that a backup would have, and he's a long-term backup. Maybe he starts and as you groom the next quarterback. But yes, I would say first or second round quarterback is probably still in the cards for the 49ers in 2016, absolutely. I say offensive line is well, another top priority for the them problem. as well. So, and there's a lot of good offensive linemen. Right. Um, you need a pass rusher. So there, there's a lot of things you need. You can't, uh, you can't get them all with one pick, right? So... I, I know they like to, comes first, and I know they like to draft you know best available talent sort of right. thing, and they like the big players. Yeah, they like to reload, big. not retool, or is that, is that what retool and not re or no reload. reload and not rebuild. There it is. Yeah, yeah, because um, that worked out. And well. so, so candidates, we've talked about Jared Goff on this mm-hmm. show before. I still sure. think he's probably the top guy. He hasn't been as hot in the last few weeks as he was to start the season. Paxton Lynch from Memphis is another guy that's getting a lot of pub. People sure. are actually comparing him to Colin Kaepernick because he's a really big guy, but he can run. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Christian Hackenberg from Penn State was a guy that was hot coming into the season. He kind of looks the part, but I not not feeling it. Not, I'm not feeling him at all. all. Right. Connor Cook is another guy. I trust I mean, your recruiting skills and your your scouting skills. Thank you. I, I really do. That. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, by the way, remember how the 49ers have two picks in the first four rounds mm-hmm. over the last three years that are that are starting. Right. So my shadow 49ers, by the way, I've been doing that for three years. Um, I've been documenting it for three years. Who you'd drafting. be drafting. Right, right. Sure. So the Shadows 49ers at leading. Where does someone find this information? Uh, Leadingtheleague.com okay, is where you can you. find that information. <laughs> yes. So the last three years I've been doing that. I have eight starters throughout the league right now in the first four rounds. Look at that. But Balky's got me in that fifth, sixth, seventh round zone. He's, he's, he's he, found some gems. He's yeah. pretty good back uh, there. Quentin yeah. Dial and um, Aaron Lynch especially. Aaron Lynch. Yeah. Cool. And Acker too. Acker's. I still have high hopes for Acker. Me too. We'll see him He's get back good on the if, field. Yeah, let's get healthy. Get back out there. That's right. That's right. Um, so Connor Cook from mm-hmm. Michigan State would probably be another guy who's in the mix, and then there's a few other guys. But right now, those are probably the four hottest names if you're talking about first-round quarterbacks in 2016. Marco, thank you for the tweet. Yeah, Feel thanks. free to tweet us anytime, guys, at Barry Wink, at BD Peacock. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for the questions, guys. Also, nice uh, make hear. sure you're following us on Instagram. 
It's uh yeah at Gold Faithful Podcast. Mm-hmm. We got some good good uh, info up there. Got a lot of people interacting with us there. That's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's awesome. But before we go, mm-hmm. there's a special segment. You know how we in the preseason we did the big board segments. Yes. Right? Uh, I have a big board that I put together that you don't know about yet, Uh-oh. and it revolves around this. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. How much time did you spend on so this? So I just man? want people to know if you don't want to hear anything that's not football related, you can stop listening to the show right now. All right. But before you do that, always give us a call, 415-858-0094. Text or leave us a message 24 hours a day. Also, this is when the spoilers come, the Price is Right spoilers. Right, and, or if you want to see the whole Price is Right episode that Nick was on, there you, go. you can do that at cbs.com. Or just check our Twitter gotta, timelines. Yeah, we, 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 we have the up. links there. You know, the toughest part for me about this was we filmed this three months ago, and I right. couldn't even tell people that I was called up on stage. Yeah. They made me sign a non-disclosure saying, <laughs> you just have to tell people that you were there. Like, what? Oh, man. It's awesome because I knew that something was up because yeah. you told me you got to watch. But yeah. I, I knew you signed the agreement, but a you would have had to assign it. Right. You don't sign it on your way in the door. Right? Only the people that were up on stage actually so, signed the agreement. kind of had so, an idea that it was going to be worthwhile I to watch. I didn't tell anyone that because that would kind of give it away. But <laughs> there were a few people that were like, you, you wouldn't tell me to watch. If, I was like, yeah, of course. So I mean, I've, got a, I've actually got 10 points that I want to talk to you about. I've got a big points. board that's 10 <laughs> long right now. So let's get into that. All so right. first thing, right, right off the bat, no Gold Faithful t-shirt? No, uh, <laughs> no, of course not. I mean, you're not allowed to wear any sort of branding. Okay, no. Yeah. So that you was don't one want of the free rules. advertisement there. Right. So you went with the straight. I would have 100%. Right. But, you yeah. went with straight polo. That's what I kind of had a feeling about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so w- once you got into, you got called up right away, by the right way. Right away. Yeah. Third so, person called up. So, so first, you were on there the whole time. crew. And uh, so the, the <laughs> Sam, I, t- I want to talk about Samuel. Uh-huh. He was really annoying. Yeah. I was so bummed that Samuel got on and you didn't. Right. And that was after you made this guess. Extremely lightweight and impact-resistant three-piece spinner set from Visionaire features a telescopic handle system and combination lock. Right. Thank you, beautiful Amber. So, Samuel, nice set of luggage. What do you set? $10.50, Drew. $1,050. Nicholas. Yeah. Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. I said orange because I was like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah, so <laughs> I knew where your head was at. Right. You just blurted it out, but you wanted to go above him, right? Right. Okay. I was I was going to do 1100 but for some reason I said 1000 And if you would have gone anything over him, I know. then... I know. Then you would have gone on stage. Yep. And Samuel was a clown, and I'm the tough part. Very annoyed by him. The tough part. You weren't the only one. I've heard a lot of that. <laughs> the tough part was that you can't really hear in the studio, and you don't see the other people's bids. Okay. Like you guys see it on TV with the big numbers, but you right. don't. See, you can't see that, and there's nothing that shows it. Wow. For us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was actually the bidding was the most difficult part just because one, you couldn't really hear the person standing right next to you because people are so loud yelling out what they think the answer right, is. Right. Yeah. And, and so that, you know, it's yeah. not an excuse, but it's definitely right, I hear you. what was happening. It's there. sort of like when a quarterback snaps the ball, crowd noise. Yeah. Someone's in their face. I wanted face, to do my whole like, right hands there. down. Like, I'm at oh, home, yeah. guys. Like, quiet down. Quiet, I'm on offense. Okay. Yeah. But it didn't work. It didn't <laughs> nice. work at all. Very nice, very nice. And uh, yeah, so Samuel got on stage there and he had he a chance to, to do Cabo the Cabo too. trip, yeah. yeah, which he got. And Samuel is so, you know, you hear people talk about that guy. Mm-hmm. Samuel is that guy. He was that guy. Uh, Claire was a close second. She was kind of annoying, kind of. And I'm glad you didn't overdo it. You were just, you had your own charisma. Yeah. And that's what they liked about you. So they called you up. You didn't have to overdo it. And I'm not like an overdoer. Right. I'm not an overdoer. So props to you for that. I didn't go up and hug him and lift him up or any of that or try to kiss him. And yeah, yeah. So, But you learned your lesson, and this is what I like about you. You yeah. learned your lesson from that $1,000 bid. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and you finally get to play third base, which is the strong position that you didn't have the whole time. It's the they, best. Oh, they went through like the first half of the show, yeah. and you still hadn't gotten on stage. Well, because the person to my left didn't get up on stage either. Right. And that's what you want, because as soon as the person to your left goes up, that means that person bids first, and you bid last. And you get to last bid, right. Mm-hmm. And so you finally got a chance at third base, and you made it count with this. Nicholas. 801. 801. <laughs> Actual retail price. Oh, 810. Yeah. <laughs> he thought for a second that like someone had nailed it. I love how long this goes up because you're like running onto the stage. Well, they don't show me too. I was doing all this fun stuff, like pointing <laughs> in the audience, and they, they must have. There were a lot of cameras on stage too, like five different cameras. So there's a lot of editing. So that was well played. I mean, that was just classic. You gotta go. Right. It was eight hundred was the high bid. You went eight hundred one. And if someone had gone higher, like above nine hundred, I was gonna do the the one dollar kind of thing. Okay. Like, and then yeah. So. Nice. Well done. I wanted to do um, the one. At some point. <laughs> and this is where some bad luck came into play because mm-hmm. I think you got hosed on the prize package. Oh, you think? And you got hosed on the showdown as well. You think? So let's talk about the sh- <laughs> let's talk about the shoes. The shoes. So Oscar De La Renta, which were like, very nice I, shoes. Yeah. Very nice. You think oh, so? Well, yeah. I mean, they were, what, $4,000? Well, they were, and I hope that somebody, in, like, I don't know where what happened to those shoes, and I don't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Those were the most horribly Did ugly, Did you see the feather gaudy... sandals shoes that they had? <laughs> that was the most disgusting pair of like shoes I've ever and... seen. Yeah. Um, and you're... Your game was just there was three prizes. Yeah. There was a ping pong table, right. a, four pairs of shoes from Oscar de la Renta, mm-hmm. and a laptop, which mm-hmm. was like a no-name a gaming laptop. laptop. Yeah. yeah, they never said it was gaming, what brand which it was. yeah, I, I could tell it was glowing green, so I thought right. maybe that had a chance. But all you had to do was pick the bit. But here, I want. <laughs> do you know the name of the announcer guy, by the way? Oh, I don't remember his name right now. This it, the, super nice guy. The funniest part of the show was him reading off your prizes. Here, here it is. We got great prizes back here. It's stylish designer shoes. I couldn't hear him either. Open? No. A really fun ping pong. Really table. fun. Really fun. And a new laptop. <laughs> he was he was like so bummed for you. And he's like the way he said it. And, and a, a new, new laptop. laptop. And his face he's just like, eh, shoulder struck. Well what's and- funny is that while it's ha- George Gray is his name. George Gray. Okay. While while it's happening, Drew actually pulls me aside and he's like, "All right, dude, you're not going to be able to hear this. Like, look, there's a producer right there. It has uh, on the cardboard cut out like what everything is and he's going through them and he's like, "Oh, look, that's a really nice ping pong table or that's a that's some really nice shoes. Wow. Ooh, cool ping pong table. Oh, a laptop? <laughs> he kind of did the same thing. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I wonder what Brandon is. That doesn't say. All right, yeah. That was funny. But I cannot believe that those four pair of shoes were nearly $4,000. $1,000 each, man. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. That's unreal. They were but I, so I knew because I'd, you know, I'd kind of been watching the show, yeah. doing my homework, and the shoes were always super expensive. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I immediately looked out to the audience and was like, the shoes, right? It's the shoes? And my wife is like, shoes, shoes, yeah. like just had this most intense look on her face. And the name, it's all the brand name, right? They say Oscar shoes De from Oscar De La Renta. And yeah. I was like, you tune out. You're like, it's got to be the shoes. It's the shoes. Um, but I was surprised. The laptop was like 2400 I was like, ooh. It was scary. Four pairs of shoes, 2400 That's, but yeah, oh, nearly yeah. $4,000. Uh, that was number four. Number five on the big board. This is no, this is chronological order. Oh, this as isn't like going. what I don't think is the best. Okay. So. Your wife, Andrea, mm-hmm. the best reaction. Yeah. The crowd shot. She goes eight. They showed her a lot. <laughs> they showed her like four or five times just like going crazy. She was like that all day, though, because this is a long experience where you like stand in line and you have to go through all these interviews and stuff. And she was like that the whole time. Just wow. like, yeah, woo! Like, I can't believe she still had a voice at the end of the day. She was that. She brought it. By the, the way, energy. Andrea, we love her, our social media producer. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. So, um, so. 
you you guessed right. You got the shoes and you won your package. Well, so my package. You get the, the roll of the thing. The one thing I've always wanted to ask, is that thing heavy? So heavy. Because the old ladies can never so do heavy. it on their own. And I, my plan was like, I'm going to reach as high as I can. I'm just going to spin as hard as I can. Uh-huh. And it worked. Nice. It I got to work. spin last too Actually, because I won the most prizes. Oh, you I won like the, the most money. You get to go last. Oh, that's how it goes. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. So anyways, you rolled a 95. I don't know where the 95 oh, yeah. is. And I, I even yelled at 95, 95. Because <laughs> you had to beat 90. Yeah, 90. I thought for sure I was done. I was like, whatever. And you just you just nailed that. What's role. funny, I mean, too, is, was... you know, I say hi to my family and my wife and my daughter and everything. And, and one of our coworkers took a video of them watching it at work. And when I, and they were like, oh, what? You're not going to say hi to your coworkers? Like, a lot of people were upset that, that I didn't up, say hi right? to the coworkers. That is totally messed up. Yeah, I'll no, say hi to them now. Hi, guys. No pub to the show either. No, yeah. no t shirt. I was not no allowed to out. say any shows. Okay. They definitely made that specific. Like, just family, <laughs> and you could say names, but you, they didn't even want us to mention where you work. Like, you can't say, like, hey, everybody at so and so. Okay. Yeah, wow. Not allowed. The man holding you down, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you rolled a ninety-five. Yeah. And now you're on the showcase showdown. Felt good, which is awesome. And I had I had more than Donald, who was the other guy on the showcase. Donald, the I had one more I'm than him, so I was the primary showcase guy. Yeah, I'm a fan of Donald. Yeah, he was a nice guy. Horrible, horrible breath. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it was really bad. So uh, I hope none of the people that were on the show with you are listening to this podcast. I don't think they are, but we're kind of ripping everybody here. You are. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Nick, Showcase Showdown, you saw the first one with some trips. Yeah. You want to bid on it or pass it on to Donald? Uh, you know, as much as I want to bid on it, I'm going to pass it to oh, Donald. Oh, your wife's not going to like that. And she did not. And she did. <laughs> well, we, we were there for one reason, to win a car. So that was the whole reason. Mm-hmm. About, like, let's try. We're going to Two get cars the car. they gave away in the early going, too. I know. And your, your Showcase Showdown had this. Hit the water anytime you want on your new electric party boat. Wow! It's <laughs> sixteen foot sun cracker. You, that's just. Disbelief. You sold the wow. It's disbelief. You sold the wow, but I knew you were like. If you what? saw my face, it's just like oh. You passed on the three wow. trips. You passed on what is it? Sedona, Arizona, yeah, New York, and Bali. And you passed on those. Thought mm-hmm. for sure there'd be a car, and it's yep. a party boat. Party boat. And, and it bed. started. It started like it seemed it was gonna be because it was a bed. And they're like a tablet. So I was like, okay, it's the house stuff. So they're gonna be like, and in the garage, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then they said, hit the water. I'm like, oh, be some jet skis or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, a party boat, a pontoon boat. Uh, but the most underrated part of all of that was this by, by Drew Carey. Your wife's not going to like that. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. He gets, it. he gets it. She knew the goal, though. We both went in. We're going to get the car. But, man, I, when I looked out at her face and they said Bali, like she was like, oh, I don't know. I could read her lips. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, the so priceless reaction. The the prizes were weak. The showcase showdown yeah. was sort of eh. And I thought you had a great guess, and you went over. I was really surprised by that. I was, too. I yeah. thought for sure that the boat w- was going to be super expensive. Right. And, it, yeah, I was over. Yeah, I thought it was going to be 20000 just by itself. Nice job, man. Thanks, buddy. You had some prizes. A lot of fun. Where'd the shoes go? They're not here yet. Oh, okay. They, they actually, they don't send the prizes until up to three months after it airs. Gotcha. So that, like, your friends and family can't see that you won anything. I see, I see. So, so they're going to go on our feet. She she's really excited. Like there's a some black ones with a bow. Uh-huh. She's really excited for those. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, I was gonna say when should we expect those on eBay? She's actually see. There's been a lot of her friends and so they're like, "What size are you? Are you gonna be selling any of those?" Like, oh yeah, how's that work? So you get to tell them what size you want at least. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And they, that's actually new. The the woman told me that like two, just two years ago or something, they would just be like, oh, "These are the sizes we bought. These are wow. what you get." Yeah, and now it's actually okay. what size do you want? 
Nice. So well, that's a good. So thing. I was like, you know, size twelve, men's, right. please. I, I thought I remember hearing where you could get a like you could get a cash prize instead of the car because no. you have to pay a bunch of money to get a car, right? No, nope. because you have to pay the taxes on it. There's no cash at all unless you win cash. Okay. If you if you don't want a prize, you just say no. And that's it. Because I've heard people say no to the cars because they can't afford to pay yeah. what it would cost to, in, in taxes to get the car. Well, that's just it because it counts as income. So, like, if you win a $25,000 car, that's $25,000 of income tax you have to pay. Like, wow. it's brutal. Well, and, and that's just – that's only for us. If The guy who won the main showcase, he lived in, like, Florida or something. So he had to pay California tax and Florida tax on that. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I know. It's brutal. So I, I bet he did not take all those trips. Just because he's a retired guy living on a fixed income, like there's no way. Yeah, yeah. This is now we're showing like the dark side you... of game shows. <laughs> so, moral of the story: Don't go on the prices, right? <laughs> I disagree. It was so much and fun. And so, by the way, this, we've both now met Drew Carey. You met him? Yeah. So I, I used to bartend at a place called Biscuits and Blues downtown in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and we had a uh, celebrity auction one time. And it was like Bonnie Raitt and Huey Lewis and some other musicians oh, were cool. there, and blues musicians, and um, you know some semi-famous people, mm-hmm. sort of B-list situation, uh, C-list, I guess maybe. Yeah. Um, at the end of the night, I'm kind of cleaning up the bar, and a guy walks in. He's got no glasses on. He's wearing a hat, which is why I didn't recognize him <laughs> right. the whole night. Apparently, he was sitting at one of the tables. There's a guy who's like, hey, do you know where my server went? I was sitting right over there. And mm-hmm. I looked up, and I was like, this guy looks familiar. And I was like, no, man. Uh, I, don't, I think he's in the back or something. He's like, hey, I totally forgot to tip him. Will you give him this for me? And he lays down 100 bucks. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, and then I look at him. I was like, oh, that's Drew Carey. Nice. But without his – like, you could you could walk by him on the street and not recognize him without his glasses and flat top. You know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And he was wearing, he was in disguise that night. Yeah. Yeah. So really cool guy. For he him. forgot to tip, came back and threw down a hundo, which That's is more than he needed to tip. Sure, of course. So good did. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. It was nice. He was really nice, too, on the show. We, you know, we had some good banter during the, the downtime and everything. Yeah, it was fun. I've met Huey Lewis, too. Just so Have that, you? That's a couple guys, I Whoa. guess, we both met. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It's not that weird. Do you think they talk about meeting us? Of course. They're like, oh, you, you know the Gold Faithful guys? <laughs> That's really well, yeah, cool. Well, I, I knew him way back when he was just a bartender. <laughs> before. Before they made it big <laughs> yeah. on their podcast. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's get All out right, here. That's the end of the show. Well yeah. done, though. That was fun. Thanks, bud. That was really fun. Just hearing this. Nicholas Winkler, come on. Isn't that a weird thing yeah. to hear? Well, it, again, like I said, you can't really hear anything. So, like, I, they, they also hold up the name on a cue card on the stage. So oh, okay. I heard Nicholas, and then I looked up at him, and I just read his lips. And say, Winkler, yeah. And everyone's going ape, right? Everyone's going crazy, and then my wife just goes crazy. Oh yeah, it was it was fun. What about the the screening process? Mm-hmm. Did you have a good idea that they were going to yeah, call you up? I knew they were going to. Really? Yeah, you could just tell because they they line up. It's there's three hundred people there, and so they do it in like groups of thirty, mm-hmm. where a producer just kind of walks down the line and is like, "Hey, what's your name? What do you do? Okay, blah blah blah," and just would like go on to the next person really quick. And with me, it was like, "What do you do? Oh yeah, oh tell me more about that." Blah blah blah. Okay, yeah, and then went to the next person, and it was like, "Oh, but what do you think, Nick, about that?" And so he came right back to me, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's it." And you're like, on fire. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. I, I definitely, I definitely was witty <laughs> at the time. Thanks. I don't know where that goes when we do this show; it disappears. But yeah, it was just like it was okay. They obviously they liked me because why would he come back? To if me? this podcast was a visual thing, I would just have all the screenshots ready of your face when you're just like you're like, yep, okay, all right, you're like all right, I like that. Well, I don't, that okay, good Thanks. price. That was good. one of the things. Good guess. You were like doing, you were like high fiving the other contestants. Oh yeah, couple tablets, couple yeah. tablets. <laughs> I've had a lot of people make fun of me for that. Couple yeah. tablets. It's been good. Couple, couple tablets. of no name tablets. Yeah, they did not tell me the name of the tablets. How are you supposed to bid on something when you don't know what brand it is? Exactly. That, Just that's like with the laptop. That's why that was so genius of you to go with the shoes because they had the brand name yep. and the other things didn't. Yeah, you're right. They didn't say what kind of ping pong table it was. Yeah. Even so, I knew it wasn't going to be the ping pong right. table. That obviously. was pretty obvious. Look nice though. I'm nice really excited. Table. It's it's tournament grade. 
Whatever that means. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember so you're going to have a tournament at your house. Bring it on. Everybody wants to come at BD Peacock, at Bay Area Wink. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be a $5 buy-in. That's right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you stuck around and, and heard about <laughs> Nick's trip on the, the one prices, of you right? that stuck around for this. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you can go to CBS.com and see the whole thing. Yeah, there you see go. See his mug on national TV. Hey, Well done, man. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We will talk to you in two weeks. See you. Bye.